to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. The sermon lesson from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So what were the Thessalonians so concerned about? What was making them confused? Certainly they believed the good news. The Apostle Paul had come to their city with with Silas and Luke and Timothy, missionaries, and they had, they had taught them that Jesus had to die on the cross. Had to. Explain this, this is God's ransom payment to set you free from sin and death. Announced to them that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Had to. This confirms that through faith in him, there's eternal life for all who believe. The apostle and the other missionaries pointed out that this Jesus of Nazareth you, you've been hearing about, he's, he's the Christ. He's the Messiah King who will rule with power and grace and glory eternally. And we're told, many of the Thessalonians, both men and women, both Jews and Greeks, believed the good news. So what was upsetting them? What was causing them some confusion? Answer, loved ones were dying, and Jesus the Messiah King, wasn't doing anything about it. He he wasn't, 
He wasn't walking into, into somebody's home right after someone had died, like he had walked into the home of Jairus, standing at the deathbed. He wasn't saying to Jairus' daughter, to anybody's daughter, little girl, I say to you, get up. And she gets up and walks around. He wasn't doing that anymore. He wasn't pushing his way through a, a crowd at a funeral procession like he did at the, at the town called Nain. Wasn't putting his hand on the coffin and saying, young man, I tell you, get up. And the young man sits up and he starts talking and Jesus gives him back to his mother. He wasn't doing that anymore. He wasn't doing what he had once done at the tomb of Lazarus, his friend. Remember that? Lazarus had died. He was dead for four days. Jesus stands outside the tomb and he says, roll the stone away. And they roll the stone away and he says, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out and he goes back to his family. He, he wasn't doing that anymore. You know, it's, it's one thing to have stood in a synagogue in Thessalonica and nodded in agreement as Paul proclaimed the, the resurrection of the dead. Just like it's one thing to, to stand on a Sunday morning in, in a church gathering today and say, I, I believe in the resurrection of the body. But it's another thing entirely when it's your grandpa who suffered from heart disease until he died. Or, or when it's your mom who battled cancer but eventually succumbed to the illness and, and died. It's, it's, it's another thing altogether when it's a lifelong friend who was killed in a way nobody could have predicted. That's why what you just read with me is such a marvelous passage to know very, very well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, what I think we could call consolation unlike any other. So, Paul's writing this letter just weeks after he visited Thessalonica and, and he's, he's laying out for them what happens when people die. And, and he, he, he speaks about death in the same way Jesus did more than once. He says that death is a falling asleep which alone is instructive. So when somebody you care about has died, you grieve because you're going to miss them. You, you, you weep, perhaps, like Jesus wept at Lazarus' tomb. But we don't do that like everybody else who, has, who have no hope because we recognize we got the best hope ever. The Apostle Paul kind of runs through it. If we believe that Jesus died on the cross, this ransom payment to set us free, and, and we certainly do, 
And if we believe that Jesus rose from the dead himself to, to destroy death's grip on all people, and we certainly do, then we believe that the God who acted so powerfully in his son will also act powerfully in all who have believed in him so that those who have fallen asleep in Christ, and that's simply in, in faith in him, surrounded by his grace as they die, those who have fallen asleep in Christ will be awakened. And, and then what the apostle does is he spells out, here's how it's going to happen. So there will come this great day that will be obvious to everybody that has ever lived. Christ himself will appear in the sky and every eye of every human being on the earth will see him. Nobody's going to miss this. This is not some super secret thing that he's doing. Every eye will see him. Those watching for him and ready for the him and those not. Every ear will hear his command. Every ear will hear the voice of, of the archangel Michael and the, and the trumpet call of God. And then the dead in Christ will be raised. Elsewhere, Paul uses a word for the dead in Christ who will be raised. He says they'll be raised imperishable, immortal, no longer subject to death in any possible way. The dead in Christ will be awakened. So Paul says, encourage one another with these words. Console one another. You and I, as, as we deal with those who've lost someone they love, we learn to share the little consolations. I might tell somebody who's lost a loved one, I might tell them, I'm sorry for your loss. And I'll mean that most sincerely. Or, or maybe you're one to say to somebody, if there's anything I can do to help. And you'll mean that as well. I might say I've been thinking about you during these days. You might say I, I'm including you in, in my prayers. We say that out of sympathy, empathy, compassion for others. But just think about that a little more. What do those little consolations really mean to a young man who's looking at a photograph of his friend who a month earlier was killed in a tragic accident? How much do those little consolations help the woman who's now a widow and she's coming to terms with the fact that from now on she'll eat supper alone and spend her evenings alone. How much do those little consolations help those who recognize death 
for what it really is. A horrible, horrible consequence of Adam and Eve's rebellion against God and of our rebellions against God. So you and I will say these little consolations, we'll express our our, our sorrow for somebody will do that because we care about them. We're com- we, we, we love them. We're, we're concerned about them. But there's nothing like what the apostle has written here. This consolation unlike any other. First Thessalonians chapter 4, you take the worship folder home with you and you read it again. And, and then... And then you find it in your Bible, and, and if you're one of those people like me that marks things in your Bible, you, you highlight it or you put, a, you put a box around this. And then you read it over and over again because this consolation is the best. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not arrive in the presence of the Lord before those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And first the dead in Christ will rise. The dead in Christ will be awakened. Console one another with these words. Nowadays, it's uh, maybe once every year or two. I visit a, a village in the Midwest, and I, I stand in the village cemetery. I might be there with, with somebody else, or planting petunias, or watering them, or, 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 or scrubbing mildew off some, some of the stones of loved ones, or I, I might be there by myself just looking at the names and remembering Aunt Hilda Uncle Oscar Aunt Hazel Uncle Wally and Aunt Ruth I look at the gravestone from my grandfather I was he, he, he died when I was too little to remember him but I would hear a lot about him over the years my grandma, she's, she was capable of, un, un, until the last month of her life, of fixing these incredible dinners Easter Sunday for 25 or 30 of us or more. My grandma, who I never heard say an unkind word about anybody, she, she died of a heart attack when I was 17. And there's... There's a place for my mom and my dad right there on the stone. It says William George, 1922 to 2009. Mary in June, 1925 to 2021. I stand there and I look at those names. And of course, I'm, I'm filled with gratitude for, for what God gave me through those 
those two people. But I also missed them. I miss my dad in, in his own humble way, sharing some wise and by the year's advice. I miss that. I miss being able to just sit at a dinner table and afterwards sip coffee and talk with my mom. I miss my dad telling me, have I told you the one about? And of course I'd say, yeah, you have. And he, he knew that he had, but he'd tell me the same joke again. I, I miss listening to my mom reminisce about the aunts and uncles and cousins and, and grandparents that she, that she grew up with. Have you got somebody like that? Someone you lost? It's probably one of the reasons why a lot of people don't visit cemeteries except out of a sense of obligation because when you're standing and you're looking at the, the gravestone of, of someone that you lost and on the very earth where, where their body has been laid in the sleep of death, uh, you, you, the heart aches. And yet... You and I, we don't look at that like those who have no hope. Because even if you get kind of sad when you visit a cemetery or, or look at an old photograph or your, your eyes get kind of misty when you sing a certain hymn, hear a particular song, even then, we realize this isn't just a looking back at something we'll, that will no longer be, because we're also looking ahead. We're looking forward to when, when the Lord Jesus appears in the sky and every eye will see him and the trumpets call and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ will rise. Then, Paul writes, we who are living, who are remaining, will be snatched up into the clouds at the same time along with them to meet the Lord in the air. You notice something? The apostle wants you and me to figure, he's coming back soon. He's coming back this week, next month, next year. That, that's the biblical teaching that the Lord is coming back and we're to be ready for him to come back. But even if you or I should die before he returns, that doesn't change anything about the, the marvel of the last day. He comes back. He raises all those who have fallen asleep in death. Their souls who were already with the Lord, their souls are reunited with their bodies, soul and body glorified, made perfect, made complete, made, made like they've never been before. And then they, along with those who are still living, also glorified, will be gathered up to meet the Lord in the air, even as 
Remember this book of Revelation? He makes everything new. A new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness for all who have believed. And so Paul writes, we will be with the Lord forever. On more than one occasion, Jesus talks about this being with the Lord as like the, the best wedding celebration ever. There's music and singing and dancing and food and drink and conversation and, and laughter and, and all those who have fallen asleep in Christ, all those, they're, they're all there with you. So you're, you're, you're sitting down again and having a conversation with, with your mom and your dad and, and sharing sweet memories with, with them. You're talking with your, your great-great-grandmother, whom you never met, and yet she's the one that you heard would not compromise her Christian faith. She preserved the faith that was then passed on to you. Are, are you doing that thing we often talk about where you, you're going to ask Jesus, so why did this happen? What did that mean? And, and the Lord is, is, is filling you in on things in this life that, that puzzled you completely. Or maybe just the simple one, you're, you're holding hands with your sister again, smiling and remembering things with the, the person that in this life you were married to. They're all there. And so Paul writes, we will be with the Lord forever. With the Lord forever. That means completely at peace with the one who has made peace with us. Never again being troubled by our failures. With the Lord forever. That means seeing with our own eyes the Savior who loved us so much, whose, the, whose, whose love we often overlooked, and actually seeing how long and wide and high his love for us has been. That means being with our God who made us his own, brought us to him in this life, and sustained in our hearts the hope for eternity with the Lord forever. It, it's right here. In your Bible that you mark, put a square around it, highlight it. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Consolation unlike any other. You've probably heard that um, other than those little consolations I've, I've mentioned, a lot of people, they don't know what to say. I don't know what to say to somebody who lost someone they love. And yet, if you can say, you and I, 
we believe Jesus died for us. And you and I, we believe Jesus rose. And you and I and this person you're missing and mourning for, you and I and he and she believe that Jesus will come again. So this is our hope. And it's not the thin type of hope that we hope, we hope it happens. No, it's a confident hope that absolutely will be because the Lord has not only promised it, he's confirmed it by raising all the, 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 the dead that I mentioned earlier and by raising himself. So, we talk about this. We share this with one another. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Consolation unlike any other. Amen. Let us pray. Lord of eternity and king of glory, all the heavens adore you, saints and angels sing before you. We too join them to praise your majesty. You, Lord, have clothed us with garments of righteousness. You've blessed us with grace and mercy in this life. You've promised eternal joy forever and ever in heaven. What undeserved love you've shown to all those believers who now sleep in death. What undeserved love you've shown to us as well. We thank you, dear Jesus, that you've washed us and made us your holy ones. Now let all of us look forward to that marvelous day when, when all the dead will be awakened and all believers will be gathered to you always and forever. Whenever we mourn our losses in this life, console us with your promises of what will be gained at the resurrection. By your holy word and sacrament, increase our love, our faith, and our hope Give us opportunities also to share your saving gospel with others so that many more people can join us at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Lord Jesus Christ, the day is coming when you will come down from heaven with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. On that glorious day, the saints triumphant will be raised up to meet you and to be be with you and one another forever. Give us strength until that day when we will share fully in your majestic glory. Come, Lord Jesus. May your grace be with us. Amen. <laughs>